Thank you all for tuning into Your Edge podcast. My name is Julie Johnson, and I'm the Vice President and General Manager of Zebra's Mobile Computing Business Unit. And I am the host of a new Your Edge podcast series that's called Women Who Wow. So there's so many incredible women in my life, and I'm sure in many of yours. And I thought it would be really interesting to have set up interviews so we can meet um, and learn about what really makes these women tick and see if there's any areas of success that we all can learn from. And also just looking at what they've done as areas for where we could move in our careers and take advice from them. So the first person uh, that we're going to be interviewing is Jane Dennis. And Jane is a rock star, as we love to call her. And she's been just a huge advocate in the sales organization where I work at Zebra. Jane is currently the sales director for Zebra's multinational accounts. And in her almost 20 years with Zebra, she has managed some of our largest retail, um, manufacturing, transportation, and logistics accounts. Personally, she's been an incredible work partner for my team and my business unit and really has aided us in some fantastic sales opportunities. And what we love about her most is that she's no nonsense. She's very open. She gets to the point, uh, gritty, and she has this amazing direct communication style that is super effective. And she has this maniacal focus on growing Zebra's footprint at each of our accounts. And thus, we just really value her. So um, I selected Jane as one of the people that I thought would be really interesting um, to speak with because she is in, you know, uh, sales in high tech. And it is, you know, sales in high tech is a very interesting um, field to be in and that, you know, you have to be personable, you have to be driven, you have to be detail oriented, you have to be an amazing presenter, but you also have to understand technology and be creative. And so to me, it's a, it's a really interesting a career to understand and learn about. And what really interests me too is in understanding how do you get to be a very successful uh, sales leader in technology. And that is another one of the reasons I thought it'd be really great to speak with Jane and really understand from her what her thoughts are on that space. So Jane, I'm so happy you agreed to join us and uh, to be the first guest on Women Who Wow. Um, so welcome. Thank you. And, and look, I'm honoured to be the first, but I'd also like to um, be one of the first to publicly congratulate you on your recent promotion. It is awesome. It's so inspiring for, for so many of us. Um, we're delighted. We'd love to be in a position where we could share a glass of champagne with you. Um, so, so come back to Europe, please. Well, thank you very much, Jane. And I'm sure I'll be back within the next month or two. Perfect. So I think kind of to get us started, just like to um, kind of educate everyone on your background and, um, you know, how did you get to this current role? Okay. So I, um, I've been in sales and marketing most of my working life. Um, I joined Symbol Technologies back in 2004 as a temporary worker, actually, a three-month contract. My role was business development manager and I was tasked with generating leads in the field service industry. I was offered a full-time account role um, and given the TNL space and my first global account 
was a TNL company who drove orange trucks at the time, and they are now part of a company that drives purple trucks. And, and as you just mentioned, I'm currently the director of the multinational accounts um, across the EMEA region, and our accounts now include retail, TNL, and manufacturing. So prior to Zebra, uh, you spent some of your time um, in sales at Casio and one-to-one Eurotech after t- almost 20 years with Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> so Encyclopedia Britannica into high-tech, it's a very interesting route. Do tell. I will. So I joined Britannica when I left school as a junior secretary, and I then got promoted to work into sales personnel, but was curious about the job that our sellers were doing. So I arranged to be trained and spent my weekends actually selling the Encyclopedia Britannica so that I could better support our sellers in my day job. And that's how I my, my first entrance, if you like, into selling. And I had 18 good years with that company. I left when I was 29, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the UK and Germany. Um, and, and interestingly, as a woman, the reason I left is because I had a young family and I I started to realise I couldn't have it all. I couldn't um, I couldn't work at VP level and be a, a good mum. So, so that was the reason I. I came away from Britannica uh, that, that all those years ago. I then decided to go and try a new market. And, and as you mentioned, I went into technology, which was a really interesting mood because I have always been described as a Luddite. If you speak to any of our customers about me, they will tell you I am not technical. Um, but I think someone like me who is not technical makes the point that people buy people before they buy product and solutions. Um, and I think that's a really important message for, for people considering a role in sales. You don't have to be the technical expert. So what inspired you to make that move into technology from selling, you know, encyclopedias? So, something made you say, this is where I want to go and I have the guts to do so. Coaching. I had, I still to this day have a lot of um, external coaches. And at the time, my coach said, you need to do something different um, you, and, and come out of the B2C market and get into business to business. And at the time, the two growth industries were technology and pharmaceutical. And, and of course, I absolutely made the right choice. I went into technology um, and like all direct selling, it, it was very much a male dominated industry industry so it was quite a challenge but but a significant opportunity for me so were you nervous about the transition or i guess you had to have been nervous in some aspects but what what aspect were you most nervous about i was really nervous um i was not it literate um i was always the problem child in any meeting if ever they were discussing technology it was a whole new world but i we're still dealing with people in the sales industry and technology. We're dealing with people more than we're dealing with the technology. So I just quickly established a pattern of activity, which was value add and productive. I worked to improve my knowledge of the IT world and especially how to work with technical customers who, Julie, are not always user friendly, especially when they're dealing with somebody who's not 
uh, like-minded or technically minded. That is true. Um, so what helped you power through the change and um, build confidence in your knowledge and just your understanding of technology such that you can at least talk the talk? Yeah, I can at least um, say enough to get get the right audience and then bring in our experts. So listening and learning every day, listening to my colleagues, industry leaders. But most of all, I listen to our customers um, and and. I, I'm very much a, a learn from the ground up sort of person. So in my first TNL accounts, I learned by going in the trucks with the drivers to see what the activity was that we were going to uh, deliver a solution for. When I moved to retail later on, you would find me stacking shelves um, late at night. You would find me picking for customers when we first started to do dot com. My learning style is to to embrace the customer's world, to walk in their shoes, um, understand what they need and then come back in to work with our technologists on what solution best meets that. Since moving to the business to business um, world, I've always learned much more from our customers than from any formal training. They share their business problems and very often, if you listen, they also share what solution they're looking for. It's then a matter of matching our solution to their business challenge and everyone wins. And I was taught when I first got into sales that I had two ears and one mouth and that to use them in that proportion when I was working with customers. And and to be honest, it's always stood me in quite good stead. And really, that advice, two ears and one mouth, probably goes across all of business. It does. <laughs> so I'll have to. That's that's one I should make into a little poster for my wall. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so since you joined Symbol back in uh, 2004, uh, you've primarily sold technology solutions into retail. That that's where we first met, right? Yes. So originally, I was in the TNL space, as, as I mentioned. Um, and then I was moved across to the retail space and um, and that's where I, I started to learn about the world of retail. And again, by by listening to the customer and, and by working in their environment. And at this time, when I entered retail, uh, retailers were just looking to bring in more technology. It was all quite um, manual based. Um, I, I don't know if. if if anyone goes back this far, but there was a time in DCs where it was a matter of writing down things, you know, with a pen or a pencil. Um, so we were just moving into the technology era. Um, it was it was daunting because um, IT was still quite male dominated and I had a global account, um, but we needed to start focusing on solutions because Typically, what we were doing as a sales organization was winning a refresh or winning the first iteration of PDAs, if you like. Um, and at that time, it wasn't one per user. It was like a couple per store. And then we were not going back into the account until there was a refresh. And, and the challenge was given to me to to develop the account globally so that we had regular revenue streams and that we were delivering a variety of solutions. Now, in, in recent times, we've started to call it persona selling. Um, 
so, so I would work with IT for the PDAs. DC operations um, would be involved in all of our warehouse kit and solutions. Um, th- their business case, as, as you appreciate, was driving operational efficiency and improvements. For our PSS solution, where, where um, you know our customers can use devices to shop in, in grocery stores, etc., that would be with store operations and customer advocate teams. Our RFID solutions, we would start talking to the apparel teams. So, so we were an early entry, if you like, into the persona selling. Um, we knocked on a lot of doors within the account. But what we actually did is we listened to understand their their business challenges. And I mentioned to you, you know, I have stack shelves. I have picked with the dot com um, people in various supermarkets in various in different countries, actually. But interestingly, I stacked those shelves with the CIO of, of the first global supermarket chain I worked with. He was with us and replenishment was done after 11 o'clock at night. So we were with people that were asking us to come up with a a technology solution for their business challenges. Um, As you know, in more recent times, I transferred to the USA. I was given an extraordinary opportunity to transfer to work with a very large retailer in North America, who again was looking for a strategic partner relationship where we would help them deliver solutions to their customers. Um, now, we in, in that account, too, we did all of the same work. Um, I, I was, if you like, I am the front man or front woman. My job was to make the right contacts and then bring in our company's experts to have the higher level conversation um, and and. That has worked very well. Um, they consider Zebra very much a, a trusted partner, a strategic partner, and they share their business objectives with us on a, on a very regular basis. And, and in more recent times, when I came back to Europe, I was offered the opportunity to work with our multinational account team. We're responsible for 26 accounts, but, but even greater challenges for me because it's manufacturing, TNL and retail. There aren't a lot of women in tech. I don't know, Jane, do you, do you want to talk about that? I mean, is it obviously the listening, your, your capability, um, and focus on listening and learning and understanding the details and understanding each of the personas has really been a secret to your success. But is there anything about, um, being a female that maybe has helped you or more has hindered you or it just hasn't mattered? It's a, look, it's a relevant question. It's less relevant today, but, but given I've been around here 18 years, when I first went into the TNL accounts, both sales managers at Symbol and the customer were a little bit surprised that we would send a woman in. Um, and in fact, one of my early meetings, the, the procurement gentleman, said that if there is a bird in the room, she should make the tea and coffee. And and I mean, we're going back a lot of years. And I happily got up and I made the tea and coffee because a year later he signed a very big contract. And 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 then when I moved to retail, um, in, in one of those large accounts, they announced that I was coming in as their new account lead. And the head of our UK business was asked, to consider replacing me with with a guy. Um, so, so yes, there have been challenges, 
Um, I think it's it, for me, it was always I never took it personally. And I just worked hard to prove that, the, you know, I was I was capable. And, and by the way, I never tried to be equal to a man or better than a man. I, I just focused on proving that I was capable. So it has been a challenge, much less of a challenge now because um, across the globe, you know, things have have equalized. Um, but, yeah, there were challenging times. So let me let me kind of change a little bit and just talk about, you know, leadership and management style. Do you have, you know, any what what sort of would you say is your management style, your leadership style, um, both, you know, from a direct and an indirect um, perspective? And what what do you think works for you? So um, I think the clue is in the word leader. I try to lead. I, I, I typically don't try to manage. Um, I seldom use the term she works for me um, or he, you know, he's in my team. I will often use the word that I'm part of their team, actually. Um, and I, I try really, really hard to treat people how I like to be treated, coaching them and working with them to add value to their everyday. Um, I, I guess for me, I, I want to teach people to do the job better than I ever did it. Certainly among the M&A team, that's my task in life is to teach them to run these large accounts better than I ever did it myself. Um, good communication. I, I, I am a big communicator and I, I believe in good direct. You mentioned about my directness. I believe in direct communication. So if, if I want to talk to someone about something, I'll pick up the phone and I'll have a conversation or I'll go and see that person. For our customers, I, obviously, I follow sales processes. I follow, you know, mapping personas, researching the accounts to understand their priorities and challenges. I've also um, been big on developing and working with partner ecosystems. And this is not our reseller um, channel. It's it's actually partner ecosystems. People like Verizon and Microsoft and Google, they're all working the same account as maybe I am. Um and I try to identify and collaborate with them because very often I found that they were in different meetings to me and they have a, a different persona set than me. So we could learn from one another. Um, but the biggest reason for, for anyone's success is being a team player and, and making sure that everybody is engaged and everyone's winning. What I do think is interesting in what you've done, obviously, switching from encyclopedias to IT to tech, moving geographically. What what would you say, what were some of the learnings you've seen about doing business in the U.S. versus over in Europe? What what have you learned there? So I found the U.S. So, so I've always worked in Europe. I have worked in Asia. I didn't live in Asia, but I worked across Asia. I found the U.S. to be a little more formal, a little more business led, contractual, whereas in Europe, there's a a more sociable aspect to to selling and working together you know not not so much just the handshake of course there are contracts and there is some formality but but I, I did did notice more in the US that or in North America that there is a formal working pattern um, and I needed to adapt very quickly and, and to be appropriate at all times having said that working in the US was like going uh, 
to business school for me. I learned so much. It, it has been an incredible experience for me. What specifically, what, what would you say are some of, obviously the formality, but what else kind of contributed to that business school education? Working more closely in, in North America, obviously it's, it's the corporate home, isn't it? It's the mothership. It's the motherland. And so, so I benefited by working um, more closely with our product teams, with our engineering teams. The U.S. market uh, is quite dynamic. It, it's probably a little ahead of most other markets. So, so you're learning about new technologies. Um, you know, examples at that time were 5G and Wi-Fi 6 were, were the, the topics being discussed. Um, it, you get to meet a lot more people. The the, the accounts are, are huge. Um, so lots more doors to knock on for someone like me. Um, and, and you get to meet a wider spread of customer personas and a, and a wider spread of business colleagues um, at Zebra Technologies and in the partner space. So, so um, it, it's, it was just a very good exciting opportunity i have learned an awful lot about myself about our customers but more importantly about our company and our culture um, and, and we enjoyed success but but obviously i had to listen really hard because i was in a, a brand new world um and and um uh, yeah listening again and and by the way i have to say that our u.s customer um it was quite intrigued to have a seller in their meeting rooms who actually didn't sell for a while. She sat and listened quietly. So kind of going back to the whole just looking at sales in technology as a career, if we could kind of move to that. You know, I guess the first place I'd like to understand is if you were to give your younger self any career advice and, you know, knowing now that sales has become the place that you you like to be and you want to be are there any things you would have done differently and i guess part of the reason i ask this is everyone always talks about you know these are the things i did and i you know always stick up for yourself i mean those are the types of things you know people always talk about they did right but if you could have done something differently what would you have done or what would you tell yourself um yeah it, it's it is one of the best jobs in the world. I um I made the right decision. But what would I change? I would learn to ask more questions about me, expectations, my career path. I never did. I learned later on. I was sitting in a a, a session actually at Zebra Technologies, and and there was an external speaker, and she said the difference between men and women is that men will apply for a, a promotion. When they're about 50 percent ready, they have self-confidence that that isn't always as visible in women. Women will wait till they're 85, 90 percent ready before applying for, for a job. Me, I invariably waited to be asked. I don't remember a single conversation where I went into my boss and said, you know what? I, I think I'm doing really well and, and I think I could be considered for a, a, a wider role. And, you know, I think I'm. I should have a promotion. I've not had that conversation. I would absolutely change that. I would, I would be more confident. I would have more self-confidence and, and, um, 
go into my my leader and, and have that conversation. I wouldn't wait to be asked. And, and that's the biggest change. Um, the rest, the rest of my career, Julie, has been a blast. Honestly, I have learned so much. I have met so many wonderful people. I have been a very fortunate person at work. Do you think I'm just curious also um, in sales, is it. Do you think there I mean, obviously, you felt there was an, there was something you gained from being in these different industries. But do you think there's more advantage in if you're if you want to become you someday? Is it better to have worked in different types of functions like being engineering, being product management or being different industries? Do you do you think do you have any advice um, kind of in that realm? Um, yeah, I, look, I, I don't think it matters so much what industry you start in. Selling for me is, has a skill. It, it, it may not have as many, um, formal training, formal college courses or university classes as, as engineering and, and other very worthy careers, but, but, Sellers have to be trained. They have to, we have to be formally trained. And, and I think to be a good seller, it doesn't matter about the industry or, or your background, but I do think you have to like working with people. Um, and I do think you have to be self-motivated. You have to get up early and you have to stay out late. And there is nobody standing over you with a clock to say, you know, you should have been in the office by 8 a.m. As a seller, you, you need to be self-motivated and you need to be driven. But your focus should always be on customer first um, and, and good delivery. And, and as I said earlier, be a team player because you can't sell anything without great product and great support. Um, and you could be the best salesman in the world, but, but without great product and great support and, and a big team around you, you can't achieve very much. So I don't think it's about the industry. I do think there are certain people that should should go into sales and there are certain people that are just not suited to it. And I don't think it's gender based either. So one of the topics that we talk about a lot right now is stress. And particularly now that, you know, many of us are starting to travel again and dealing with airports and having to go back into the office and yes, Zoom meetings, but it's. It's just a, a very we're, we're not all, all getting adjusted. And so I'm just curious, you know, what causes stress for you? What makes your job stressful? And and do you have certain routines or what allows you to better handle kind of all of the change and stress for, for your job in particular? So so look, I do find my job incredibly stressful um, and to the point where, you know, headaches and um just just a poor mood, if you like. Um, but I, I do try to plan my work. I do not manage my work life balance very well. But I think that's that's just a, a condition that I enjoy my work. So so that's a, you know, a choice I make if I don't manage work life balance very well. What works for me is getting out and being with people. I have found, uh, you know, th- these days of on screen all the time rather than real people where where you have a a chatty conversation you know as you're walking down the corridor you chat with somebody you check in on them you find out about the weekend 
I think we're all missing that and I think it adds to stress. So for me, um, I will, I make a concerted effort to make sure I'm out with customers or I'm in one of our offices, um, because it changes the game for me. It lifts my spirit. It lifts my mood and, and people do need people interaction or at least I do. I, I need real live human people, um, to interact with. And, and you know, I am aware that lots of our colleagues are feeling just a bit more stressful at the moment. And I can honestly admit that when I came back from the US, my first visit to our European headquarters was very daunting. I took a really slow walk from the car park to the office and I hesitated. I was really nervous just walking over that door. I'd been gone for three and a half years and now I look back, I'm like, oh, my goodness, fancy that stressing me out. So I identify with people who are getting a bit nervous, a bit anxious about getting on the road or coming back into offices. Um, my advice would be reach out because our people, the Zebra people, the Zebra team are very, very kind, very generous. And when I did finally make it into our reception area at Bourne End, there were two ladies, the lady on reception who who greeted me like a long lost friend. And there was a new colleague I'd never met before um, who was very personable and very friendly to, towards me. So, so immediately my my um, my hesitation was gone. But people have got to learn to get up and walk away as well. That You can at Zebra. You are encouraged that if you're feeling stressed, then close the PC, turn off the phone, go for a walk, um, you know, grab a coffee or just go put a film on, do whatever it takes to, to manage um, your own personal stress level. It is a stressful environment, and I think we all have stressful jobs. Well, thank you so much, Jane. Don't want to keep you too long. And I do, I want to thank our listeners for tuning into this first episode of the Women Who Wow series. We have an exciting guest lineup, and we'll be trying to get women in all different functions and just learn about their careers and, again, what makes them tick. I'm Julie Johnson. See you next time. Thank you.